బైబిల్ ట్రెషర్స్ టాపిక్ టెన్ స్పిరిచువల్ గిఫ్ట్స్ వెల్కమ్ టు ది సౌండ్ ఆఫ్ టెలికాస్ట్ Praise God for all the corrective teaching we received through this series of talks. During the last two weeks, our subject of study has been spiritual gifts. And the topic that we are considering is how not to operate gifts. So far, we have done two lessons. Lesson number one, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And last week we studied lesson number two. Do not over-differentiate between gifts and talents. Today we will move on to lesson number three. How not to operate gifts. Do not be waiting to be pushed. Once again, how not to operate gifts. Do not be waiting to be pushed. We want to present before you two examples of men who hesitated and two other examples of men who actually volunteered. First we will begin with two men who very much hesitated. The first person was none other than Moses. Turn with us to the book of Exodus 4th chapter from verses 10 to 12. Here comes God's call to Moses so he will go to Egypt to deliver God's people. How much he hesitated and what sort of excuse he started giving to God. And Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. What Moses said was of course true. But God did not accept that excuse. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes them mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Maybe, beloved, you have a physical handicap. Don't use it as an excuse because God in his power can always overrule it. And there is another person who was hesitating to move forward for God. We meet him in book of Judges 6th chapter. And he was none other than Gideon. Now when God called him, he started giving a lot of excuses. First, we see him in the 6th chapter of the 11th verse that he was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. In other words, he was doing a farm work or a field work when God called him. And he also was in the midst of a very discouraging situation. The people of Israel were under the heavy oppression of Midianites. So here Gideon says something very sensible, but which was not acceptable to God. Thirteenth words, Gideon said to the Lord, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all these things happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. 
He was overwhelmed by the oppressing situation that the people of Israel were in. Another thing that was bothering him, you look at verse 15. He said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. So he was trying to think about his poor, humble, insignificant family background. God gave an answer to overrule all these factors. We read in verse 14 and we want every one of you to be encouraged by it. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of your words and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midianites. The logic and the reason is, Have I not sent you? It is not who goes, but who sends. That is important. So let us take that lesson from God's word this day. Don't ever hesitate giving any sort of excuse. And there are other two examples of men who actually volunteered. The first person we want to present before you is none other than King David. Turn with us to 1 Samuel 17th chapter. He took some eatables to his brothers who were in the warfare. And there Goliath was challenging and defying the armies of God. And when David heard that, you know what he said? 1 Samuel 17th chapter and 26th verse. David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? And you look at verse 32, how he immediately volunteered. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant, I will go and fight with this Philistine. Nobody suggested to David whether he would go or not. It's a total voluntary act. I believe this is in accordance with a prophecy that we read in book of Psalms, 110th chapter. Turn with us to Psalm 110 and we will read the first three verses. A very classic passage. Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Look at third words. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. This is a day of God's power. In the day of God's power, God's people should be volunteering and willing to go forward. And that is a very special reference to young people. And another example, we would like to turn to the pages of the New Testament. It's a very, very familiar example, even Simon Peter. You turn with us to the 14th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. When the disciples were on the boat, they saw Jesus walking towards them. They immediately thought they were terribly scared and afraid. They thought it was a ghost that was coming. And Jesus told them, don't be afraid, it is I. Lord, if it is you, ask me to come. I will come on water. So he volunteered. And Jesus said, come on. And you know the Bible says, Peter jumped out of the boat and he walked on water. Unfortunately, we speak more about Peter sinking in water rather than walking on water. 
Now we want to tell you something, beloved, it is better to be emotional rather than emotional. And most of us, we suffer from some kind of an inferiority complex. We think we are useless because we are not highly talented or terribly gifted. There is a direct correction to that kind of a mentality. Turn with us to book of Ecclesiastes, ninth chapter. Look at the eleventh words. Race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. In other words, it is because of God's grace and God's chance that any man will be able to do anything. That is why we read in the tenth words, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your mind. Don't be thinking that I am not such a fast, swift person, I cannot run the race. No, whatever your hand finds to do, you do it and let God bless it. It's a tremendous lesson that we get from that parable of the talents. Two talented man was not wondering and worrying why he was not given five talents. With whatever was given to him, he went on with the job. And he got the same commendation from the master. However, it is God who opens the door. And he normally opens the doors according to what gift that he has given us. But it is our responsibility to walk into that open door. Turn with us the book of Proverbs and 18th chapter. Look the 16th words. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great man. So here is a gift that comes to a man and that gift opens up ways for him. The same truth we see in book of Revelation in a different style third chapter and see the letter that Jesus wrote to the Philadelphia church. The eighth words. You have little strength, but I have set before you an open door. Don't be worrying over your little strength. God has kept an open door for you. We'll try to put it in more practical terms. Go to places where there are people dominated by witchcraft. That is what we read in the story of Philip the Evangelist. What did he do? He went to Samaria. There are many people who are demon possessed, who are paralyzed. God manifested the gifts through him. Beloved, go to places where there is no medical facility whatsoever for people. And at that time you will find God manifesting the gifts of healing through you. Go and meet with people who are dying of sorrow and heaviness of mind. And when you go there, God will use you with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to give them joy for their heaviness. God will use the gift of comfort through you. Go to religious people. Go to people of high intellectual. And God at that time will give you the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. That's what Apostle Paul did. He went into the synagogue. And he also went into the marketplace. 
He went to the marketplace, he met with people who were religious or who were intellectuals and God just gave him the right word for the season. Beloved, the reason why most of us are very hesitant to do anything for God or move for God is fear. We want to tell you there is nothing, we say, there is nothing that paralyzes us like fear. We want to present before you illustrating three kinds of fear. Sometimes we are afraid of anything that is supernatural, where we have that we call the fear of supernatural realm. Some people are even hesitant to ask God for the Holy Spirit and gifts because they are scared they might get a counterfeit. Jesus foresaw this kind of hesitation and he gave three examples. If a son shall ask his father for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If he asks for egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask God for the Holy Spirit and you will get only the Holy Spirit. Ask God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you will receive only the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God will give you even more than what you ask and never ever hesitate to move into the supernatural realm. And the second fear is the fear of making mistakes. Oh, if I make mistakes, what will happen? You know, if a child thinks like that, if I fall, what will happen? So better I don't walk, that child will be a paralytic all his life. In other words, the gifts of God are perfect. But no operator of gifts is perfect. And no operation of gifts is perfect either. That is why while Paul was writing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit for in the church, he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I was a child, I thought as a child. When I was a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. In other words, everybody, even in the matter of the manifestation or operation of the gifts of the Spirit, will have to go through this childhood stage. Now, that is what Paul referred to even when he was uh, talking about prophesying. Look at the First Corinthians 14th chapter. Look at the 31st words. And all prophecy one by one for what? That all may learn and all may be encouraged. In other words, there is a learning that is involved when you are operating the gifts of the Spirit. That is why Paul said that we prophecy in part. He says we, in other words, he includes himself in prophesying with some defects. Beloved, we want to make one statement. Gifts develop by practice, by practice, and by practice. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. The third fear that normally paralyzes is the fear of past failures. For example, you might have prayed for so many people's healing, and many people would not have got healed. Frustrated, what is the point in praying for healing? Not People are not getting healed anyway. 
So, beloved, at that time you should remember there could be 101 reasons why people are not hit. There could be unbelief on the part of the candidates. Or there may be a chastisement that God might have brought upon that person to teach him a lesson. Or God would like to keep that person humble because of his experiences or revelations. Just like Paul's case, God would have just delayed that healing. Or maybe God's choice or God's will concerning that particular sick person could be that God wants to heal that person through medical means. Or there may be some aging problem and these things you cannot reverse. So just because you have prayed for some people and the, the, some of those people are not healed, don't immediately get frustrated and get into the fear of failure. Beloved, we earlier told you that, that there is a gift for every child of God. And it is important that we realize that there is a latent and uh, uh, dormant gift in us and we start stirring up that gifts. That's what exactly Paul was reminding Timothy about. What did Paul say? I remind you to stir up the gift that God has given you. Beloved, we want to tell you the very desire that we get is from God. God not only grants us desire, He also gives us the strength to do or fulfill that desire. I want to close with a word of warning. If you don't use your gift, the loss will be dual. First, there will be a personal loss. Disuse of a limb usually results in paralysis or atrophy. That one talented man, he did not use it and he lost it. The second loss is a corporate loss. It is a loss for the church of God. Unless every organ and every joint begins to function well, the church, the body cannot function to its fullest efficiency. Do whatever you can. And then Jesus will tell you, you have done what you could. That's all we want from the Lord. Hope the lesson is very clear to you. How not to operate gifts. Do not be waiting to be pushed. Keep moving. Go volunteering and God will use you. God bless you.